Can we, can we have up on the screen the last verse that we just sang and just leave it there? So any scriptures that I mention, don't pull them up on the screen, okay? Giving you guys an easy job tonight. And if anybody wants to write down the scriptures that I say, well, do that. Yeah, there's a, I've said this before, there is a clinically proven fact that I think it's actually a lesser percentage when Irishmen speak, but when someone speaks, if we just listen, it's guaranteed within a week, you'd be lucky if you remember 5% of what was said. And I think for an Irishman, it might be 2.5%. But it's been clinically proven if you write it down, if you make notes, and I'm going to give myself a plug here, Everybody that speaks here, every single person, I make notes, I write notes. And they believe that irrespective of who you are, you retain about 25% of it. And then there's a real blessing that you can actually go back and refer to it with what you forget. So I think it's good to take notes. Just a thought. So... I will bow my life at your feet, at your feet. My lips, so lost for words, will kiss your feet, kiss your feet. I would suggest that that came out of a rendered heart, of a heart that was challenged for how they need to be towards Christ. I don't know, can we look at it and actually say to ourselves that that's the way we feel towards Christ? You know, those words are a challenge for me. I don't know about you. I did not wake up this morning wanting to kiss the feet of Jesus. I didn't. I woke up with a stinking headache. Sue had been kicking me all night because she's got restless legs. And I just didn't feel like doing that. But that doesn't mean that I oughtn't to have felt like that. So I was talking to someone today about making choices. Um, you know, we've all got excuses. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do that or um, I made a mistake or, um, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that, or whatever. So it's human nature. We can all come up with something to say why we don't do things. But what I do know is, is if we make a choice to do something, like taking notes, not looking at anybody in particular, is my eyes blaring to your soul? Make notes, make notes. No. It's in, the act, it's in the action of it, it's in doing it that actually creates a depth within us of that which we're doing. You know, we can pay lip service to everything, but when we actually make a choice to do, what happens is that thing, that action 
becomes a part of us. Um, and the wonderful thing with doing things for Christ's sake is he's alive. He's alive. And come on, the promise toward us is that Christ is alive within us, the Spirit of Christ. But, you know, it's according to the faith that's within us also that we can move in the power of it. And so, little faith, little power. More faith, more power. Great faith, great power. And how do we develop faith? This isn't what I'm speaking on tonight, actually. <laughs> that, just, that just pulled it out of me. But look, what I want you to do is, I want you to focus. Don't focus on me. Um, if you do that, you've got the potential of falling asleep. But focus on that. And would you do me a favor? Would you challenge yourself? Challenge yourself and say, would I actually, do I really feel like doing that? Am I doing it? I'm not asking you to put your hand up and say, yes, I am, and no, I'm not. I'm just saying, look inside, deep inside yourself, and just say, am I motivated to do that? In saying that, if we aren't, we need to be there. We need to get to that place. Funnily enough, or maybe I'll change, I'll say godly enough, that actually flows in with what I've got to speak about, and that's why I said put it up. So good choice of, uh, who picked that one to sing? Yeah, even though you didn't remember I was speaking tonight, at least you got that right. Well done, Lauren. Bless you, mate. That's a good choice. But you see, another thing too is I don't believe in coincidence. A lot of people talk about coincidence. I hear a lot of Christians talking about coincidence. But I actually believe in providence, and that is God making a way. Coincidence is just things by chance, but providence is God making things come to pass. And so I, I honestly believe that that was God-inspired. That come on you to pick that, that chorus, that song, Lauren, so that we might be ministered to. And you know, we might think, oh, well, that's just a little thing. What's the big deal about that? But you know, don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise little things. Because out of little things, great things grow. Be encouraged, Lauren. Good choice. You're working with me tonight, mate. <laughs> Sue, I can't actually remember how Sue come about saying this. But she said about the I am this morning when you were speaking. Can you remember that, Susie? You can't. <laughs> You're not helping me here, mate. So, but she did. I don't know if anybody else that was here remembered her talking about the I am. And it was in relation to Jesus Christ. But I'm, I'm sort of thinking about the I am that is God of the Old Testament. Um, I showed it to um, Haley just before, and she said, OT, that means occupational therapy to me, <laughs> but for me, it's tonight it's Old Testament, OT. The I am. You know, when God's people, the, the Israelites, were taken into captivity, 
by the Egyptians and put into slavery. A man called Moses was born and really short on it. God used him to bring those people out of captivity, out of slavery. And before he sent them at one point, um, God spoke to him. One of the interesting things in all of Scripture is quite clear that no one has ever seen God. They've heard God, but no one's ever seen him. Um, in all this fullness, anyway. Uh, I know um, Moses at one stage, going up into the mountain, just caught a glimpse of his, of his, of his um, back, just a small portion of his back. But no one's seen God in all his fullness. But they've heard God. And, but in actual fact, who they were hearing even in the Old Testament was Jesus Christ. Because actually, actually Jesus Christ is the word. You know, as, as God speaks, that is Christ. And that's that hard thing about the Trinity, you know. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But nevertheless, Jesus Christ was before anything ever was. And so when God stepped out of eternity and he created time, and in that time he put a young baby, Jesus Christ, to come and rescue us, that's just awesome. Uh, they even think that that child was actually speaking before anything began. So that is the power of the word of Jesus Christ. Now, that power is reflected in that because we're empowered when we touch Christ. We're empowered when we touch him. And we can be so lost for words because of the power of the living word. It's immense when you think about it. I don't want to be philosophical or anything, but it just it is a wonderful thing. Uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 10, Jesus um, tells a story about being the good shepherd. And he uses an analogy of a shepherd and um, sheep um, being... Um, himself and believers, his, his people, those who would believe on him. And so he goes into a dialogue and he tells a story about the good shepherd. In verse 27, he actually says these words. And this is actually God speaking. God speaking because Jesus Christ is the living word, and he's God also. So I think, if anything, we need to listen to the voice of God. Would you agree? Yeah, we need to listen to God's voice, because without it, we're desperately lost. And I'm not talking to the lost, I'm talking to believers. Um, and this is what he says in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, if we truly are believers, we have to hear his voice. We have to hear the voice of God. And Jesus said, I know who they are, 
because if they weren't listening to me, they wouldn't follow me. So that's why he said what he said. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. A lot of scriptures, um, particular verses or um, groups of verses, have companion groups and companion verses. And so uh, John 10, verse 27 has a companion verse as well. And they go together, they go hand in hand. And it's, it's called the balance of scripture. So one without the other doesn't make the complete story that we need to actually know. And so the companion for this is the, the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse six. Um, in it, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Now, back in John 10, 27, he says, I am the good shepherd. Right. So here he is. He is Jesus Christ stating who he is, that he is actually God. And so, you know, throughout Scripture and the New Testament, as you look at it, Jesus is quite clear by telling those who follow him, um, if you've seen me, you've actually seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. And so it's important that we listen to what he has to say. You know, everybody's got a testimony. Um, I'm actually bringing a testimony tonight. I'm testifying of what I believe. Um, anybody else that, that speaks or preaches does the same thing. Or one to another, we give a testimony and we say what maybe God's done in our lives and how he's enriched us. And that's a testimony. But you see, there's something about Jesus Christ and what he testifies. And we have to take into account that Jesus Christ is above all things. Jesus Christ, the living word, is above everything. He's, and his testimony is above our testimony. So if you're going to listen to anybody, you need to listen to what Jesus Christ has to say because he's God. He is the great I am. And going back to Moses, when he sent Moses... He said, when you go and see Pharaoh, you don't have to make up any story. You don't have to say anything. You just have to say this one sentence. I am has sent me, set my people free. And out of the speaking of those words, life was brought into that situation. And they were set free in the end. And that's the power of the living word. So I am the way, the truth, and the life. Another way to look at the way is saying that the way is the highway to heaven. If you want to get to heaven, if you want to know the kingdom of heaven, the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ. He is the highway to heaven. 
There's another highway, an Australian group called ACDC, sing about it. And it was one of uh, the lead singer's favorite songs. He lived by it, and his name was Bon Scott. And uh, it was the highway to hell. And in this song, he actually talks about um, giving his life to Satan and being really thankful that he can do whatever he likes and say whatever he says to people. And yeah, just do whatever. Um, you can hurt people. You can just do whatever you like. So the reality of it is, is we got a choice. We got a choice to either be on the highway to heaven or the highway to hell. And do you know something? If we are not hearing the voice of the great I am, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. He goes on to say he's the truth. Another way of putting it is to say that he is the testament to truth. In John, in John um, uh, 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so there again is, that's the power. Jesus Christ is very God himself, and there's a great power in that. We need to take a hold of that. What is a testament? A testament is um, a verification of what someone is saying. So if we go to court and there's a judge there and the judge says to a witness, right, get up and tell us your story, they're giving testimony. They're testifying of what went on, whatever the situation might be. So here we have Jesus Christ is the testament to truth. He says he's the life. Another thing about, another way to put that is that he's the gateway to glory. In John 17 and verse 1, uh, Jesus um, talks to the Father, he prays to the Father, and he says, this is the hour. Father, glorify the Son that I may glorify you. And Jesus Christ came that we might see the glory of the Father. Do we even know what the glory of the Father really is? I actually think it's wrapped up in that. It's wrapped up in us being prepared, prepared to borrow our lives, to give ourselves totally for the sake of Christ. That's a big ask. It's a life-changing thing. Do we line up to that? It's a challenge. Uh, I watched a movie, um, actually, a long time ago when it first came out. Uh, it was called A Few Good Men. Um, the main actors in it were Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. And Demi Moore, I think, was in it as well. And Tom Cruise was a military lawyer. And Jack Nicholson was um, a military base commander. And so for whatever reason, I won't go into all of that, they ended up in court. And Tom Cruise is questioning Jack Nicholson um, in his part as the lawyer 
And Jack Nicholson, as the commander, responds to it. So Tom Cruise says, all I want from you is the truth. That's all I want. I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson's response was, the truth, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Now, there is a truth right in front of us, and that's it there. Unless we're living our lives out, and this goes for me as well, unless we're living our lives out like that, the truth is we're not living like we ought to. The sheep need to hear his voice. So we've got to be sheep. It makes me think of an old song, um, and I sing it to the annoyance of Susie. I'm not going to sing it now, but it's called Little Black Sheep Who Have Lost Their Way. And there's a few bars in it and stuff. But, you know, we've actually been taken out of the darkness when you're thinking about black sheep. We've been taken out of the darkness. We've been transformed from being black sheep and we've been brought into the everlasting light of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's a change. That's a transformation. Are we transformed? Have we been changed? Do we just pay lip service to uh, our Christian walk? And that's a reflection that we all have to make. I just wanted to uh, just look at a few verses in Revelation, the last book of the Bible. A lot of people call it the Revelation of John. Well, it's not the Revelation of John because John didn't have a revelation. And they say that John saw it in a vision. Well, John never had a vision. He was actually taken physically up into heaven and was told to do something. And this is what happened in Revelation chapter 1 and verses 1 to 3. This is what it's all about. Before I read this, we need to understand something, that this is Jesus Christ himself, the great I am, God himself, giving his testimony to us. I think we need to listen. We need to listen to what he's got to say. This is what he says. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place, and he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. To all things that he saw, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. To understand fully Revelation, we need to study it for like five years. And we need a year to explain it. And I haven't got that time. So whatever I'm doing is I'm just touching on this. And I would say to you, go back to the Word and read it for yourself. And see what it says to you. Here we see 
that this revelation is of Jesus Christ and it was given to him by God. And they're both the same. God the Father and, you know, God the Son, they're, they're one and the same. The three parts of the one. And Jesus is saying these things are going to take place. This is Jesus Christ's testimony, actually, to his servants. Who are his servants? His servants are sheep. White sheep now. We're not black sheep anymore. We've been brought into the kingdom. And so it's two servants. It's not just to John. He is just a servant. But we've got the plural here. It's to his servants. Blessed is he who reads it and those who hear the words of this prophecy. We need to hear. We need to hear the voice of God. We've already looked in John where Jesus says that he's the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. So we need to hear his voice. In verse 11 of that same chapter, chapter 1, Jesus speaks and says this of himself. He says, I am, again, I am. Jesus is saying, I'm God. And I've created you, and you're mine. You don't belong to yourself. I've purchased you with a price, the blood of my son. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Theater, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Now, you'd have to study this, and so I'm just asking you to take my word for it. But you know, every one of us is actually called by Scripture to be accountable and to be good stewards of the Word of God. We have to know the Word ourselves. So if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not studying, you need to. Because Jesus Christ, the living Word, who is God, speaks to us through the written Word. And that's how we hear Him. And supernaturally, we can also hear Him in the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit was sent to teach and instruct and to lead us into all truth. So with the Holy Spirit and the written word and the living word dwelling within us, we've got it all. We've got it made. But are we fully living in it? Are we getting to this place in our lives? Are we bowing our lives down to Christ? Where do you sit on that? You know, there's no sitting on the fence. You either are or you're not. So in the study of that, those seven churches, and Jesus was speaking to everything that was to come. He was talking about the end times here. If you study Revelation, it's about the end times. I believe if the end times is midnight, we're at one second of midnight. Okay, and on the scale of things in Scripture, it says a day is as to a thousand years. Um, so work it out yourself. I, I don't know. It could be very imminent. But that's what Jesus is talking about. Those seven churches, they've all become the church now. The church is simply the body of Christ. What are we? 
Are we the body of Christ? Yes? Can I hear loud? Yeah? We're the body of Christ. So Jesus Christ is speaking to us because we have come out of those first established churches, the seven churches of Asia Minor, and here we are today. And this word is for us. This testimony of Jesus Christ is for us today. We need to hear it. What is the truth that Jesus Christ, the great I am, want us to hear? What does he want us to hear? I'd love to be able to look at all the seven churches, but I'm not going to, because you'd be screaming and saying, Roy, I want to go home to bed. So I'm only just going to look at one. But in saying this, I'll just, I hope you can get a hold of, of what I'm trying to get across to you. You need to go and look at this yourself. Would you make a commitment to yourself right now that you will check out what I'm saying to you? Check it out and see for yourself. But just time limits us to look at it all. So I'm just looking at one letter. And this is to us today. Every single letter is reflective to us as a church today. It's not a place or a building or anything. It's believers, the servants of God, his sheep, who are supposed to be hearing his voice. So if we don't do what Jesus Christ is saying here, the only thing that we can conclude out of it is that we're either not hearing his voice or we're hearing it and we're not bothered. Are you bothered about listening to Jesus? I am. God, God help me listen to him more. So bear with. This is a little bit of a long one. Not too long. The angel of the church of Ephesus writes, Isn't that wonderful? God has appointed an angel to every church. He's also appointed an angel to every single one of us. You know, in the, in the supernatural realm, you've got an angel looking out for you, Look, I can just see him. He's big and hairy and ugly. <laughs> and Haley uses sweet and kind and considerate. There you are. So every single one of us, we've got our own angel. But the, the church itself, right, wherever they are, there's an angel appointed over them. In the other side of things, in the dominion of darkness, there's angels of darkness. They're called demons. And the demons have actually got um, generals and um, captains of the guard appointed over them. And they're like dark, the dark angels who are in command. And they're over. So they're like the counterpart of... Um, uh, the archangel Michael, yeah, things like that. But there's a counterpart in the, in the realm of darkness as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Scripture tells me that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we battle against every principality and the powers of darkness that are established in the heavenly realms. And they're out there to do us harm. They're out there to stop us from doing this. And if we did this, man, you know, the things that would happen. 
But you know, I believe we're a second to midnight and actually God is calling us to a place through the living word, through the written word, that we would come to a place where we, had, we would acknowledge that our lives need to radically change to where we totally and absolutely submit to Jesus Christ in every way. The angel of the church of Ephesus writes, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the seven angels of the churches. The seven lampstands are the actual churches themselves. And we are representative of that today. He is talking to us today. The two-edged sword, the two-edged sword of prophecy. It was for the churches then, it's for the churches today. I know your works. Every single person here tonight, Daniel, Tom, Phil, Tom, Libby, Haley, Eden, Malachi, Steve, Lauren, Libby, Susie, Luke, Paul, Rachel, and this young fella here, it's got the best car out there. It's called a Nemo. I love it. He's fitting it out. Young Josh. Okay, he's speaking to us. I know your works. I know your labors. I understand your patience and that you can't bear evil. I know you hate it. You're doing okay. That was me putting that in. And you have tested those who say they are what they are actually not, right? There's people who come along and they say they're this and that. I was looking at a game that Daniel was showing me. I won't go into it too deeply. But it's about that. It's a, a new game and it's about the end times, about what's, what happens in Revelation. And it's phenomenal. But, you know, it talks about the Antichrist in the game. And out of it, the Antichrist comes and he's like the saviour of the world. But you see, he's a liar because he pretends to be one thing, but he's actually the other. And that's what he's saying here. So you find out who they are and you won't have anything to do with them. You find that they're liars. You've persevered and you've had incredible patience. Isn't that lovely that Jesus is saying that about us? Do you feel good about that? Do you feel good that Jesus is saying that we're doing okay? I'm not getting much response. That surprises me. I'm going to be straight with you guys. Does that not touch your heart? That Jesus thinks that about us. You have persevered and you've had patience. You and you have labored for my name's sake. And you have not become weary. Now this is the part where I would have expected you to look like you looked a minute ago. So I'm not working this out. Help me here, God. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. You don't love me enough. You say you do. You sing it in your worship songs. You say it in your prayers. But you don't. You see, I'm not saying that, guys. I'm not saying that. I'm just a messenger. I'm actually bringing the testimony of Jesus Christ to you tonight, and he's the I am, and I think we need to listen to him. And you know what he wants us to do? He wants us to do this.
get back to the first love, to bow our life at his feet and with our lips to kiss his feet in every part of our being. Do you know why a lot of preachers don't preach tough words? Because Christians don't want to hear them. They want a nice package. But that's okay. I I don't mind. I'm just saying that we need to know the truth, the whole truth. You see, Jesus Christ, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he doesn't say, I am a way, or I am a truth, or I am a life. He is the, the way, the only way, the only truth, the only life, only, only, only. There's no other. We need to get on board. We need to get on the highway of heaven, which is Christ. Remember, I'm asking you this, to see where you have fallen from. You were like I did say, I recognize you as, but you've actually fallen. You've fallen out of love with me. Do you know it's a natural thing for us to do that? It's hard to persevere. You know, bang, snap, bang. Where did I get bang from? Snap. In a marriage, things get a bit tough. Sayonara, hasta la vista, baby. Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, see you later. I'm gone. I'll find a younger model or whatever. We've got to persevere, but we've got to change also. Jesus tells us to do something that we don't do a lot of today, and we actually don't hear it preached much. He says, grow up and repent. Grow up and repent. Repent. Repentance is actually not saying I'm sorry. Repentance is not saying, oh, forgive me for making a mistake or not doing what I ought to do. Repentance is to stop doing what you're doing wrong, to to make an absolute 180-degree turn and start doing what is right. We have to repent. And do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and I'll remove your lampstand from its place. That's a, I'll remove the body of Christ. I'll remove who you are from where you are. I'll give it to someone else. Unless you repent, he says it again. If we do what he says, this is what he promises. He who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to him who overcomes, to those who open up their ears, that's how we overcome. We open up our ears and we listen to what the I am is saying. I will give you to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And I'm going to get a hallelujah here because I'm finished. Hallelujah. 